Never mind the harvest, till the soil. For listening to Radio Taiwan International, tell us what you think of our programs. Email us at rti at rti.org.tw or write us at PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan ROC. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? National parks are usually the sorts of places that are packed with visitors come to take in remarkable views or encounter local wildlife. In Taiwan, though, there is one national park where visitors are not allowed. The park is mostly a stretch of beautiful tropical sea, hundreds of miles away from Taiwan itself. And for the moment at least, only authorized researchers and staff can visit it. This is the Dongsha Atoll National Park, a place out in the South China Sea where nature is left to itself. What's special about these waters and the tiny remote sliver of land at its center? What's being protected there? Why aren't visitors allowed? And will they ever be? Here this week to answer these questions is Huang Shuqing of Taiwan's Marine National Park headquarters. The Dongsha Atoll National Park sits out in the northern part of the South China Sea. It's around 450 kilometers out from Taiwan's southern port city of Kaohsiung. Kaohsiung is the normal point of departure for those with business inside the park's bounds. From there, it is a 40-minute flight to the park's airstrip, built atop the Coral Atoll at the park center. The park covers over 350,000 hectares, only a tiny point of which is land. The main habitats in the park are marine. The coral reefs that have built up the atoll over many years, and the meadow-like beds of seagrass around it. As researchers and administrators, Ms. Huang and her colleagues are very quick to pull out precise figures. And this makes sense. Protecting such a large area and so many forms of life is a big responsibility, and they want the clearest picture possible of what it is they're protecting. So far, there have been 741 species of fish documented in the park and 399 coral species as well. There's a similar abundance of mollusks, too. The seagrass beds in the park are the largest anywhere in the waters off Taiwan, and they're home to seven of the nine species of seagrass found in this part of the world. The park staff sure has its statistics down well, but what are some of these special creatures? One of the most interesting corals in the park is called the mushroom coral, 
and it's a common sight around these waters. Unlike their relatives that are fixed to rocks, these corals live free-floating in the water, free to be pushed around by waves and currents. Another notable marine creature here is the lemon shark. There aren't many other places near Taiwan where so many lemon sharks can be found. Hunters like these sharks are attracted to the seagrass meadows, mainly because the grass there is rich with hiding prey. In these grassy fields beneath the waves, young lemon sharks grow and mature until they reach around three years of age and are big enough to head out into deeper seas. Some types of stingray are also common in the park. From time to time, Ms. Huang says, they gather in large clusters big enough to be visible from the air. The tiny atoll at the center of the park measures 179 hectares around. In Taiwan, it's referred to as Dongsha Island, though in English, it's often called Pratis Island. On this tiny atoll, birds are the main form of animal life. Especially large numbers arrive in the spring and fall, because according to Ms. Huang, the island lies along a migration route frequented at these times of year. To document all these birds, a monthly bird census is taken on the island during the spring and fall. Well over 200 bird species have been found so far. In the autumn months especially, more than 1,000 birds can sometimes be found crowded onto this narrow strip of land at one time. Besides the birds, it's largely insects out on the island. Land mammals are relatively rare there because boats and planes are the only ways for them to get on or off the island. This is why most mammals on the island are rodents. Though much of Taiwan falls below the tropics, the Dongsha Atoll National Park includes several tropical plant species not found at all on Taiwan proper. There are, for example, the yellow-flowering bay cedar, another plant with green flowers called the Grand Devil's Claws, and an orange-flowering plant called Cordia subcordata. The area covered by today's park was originally frequented by fishermen. The area is rich in fish, and the atoll is the closest point of land around for many miles. Back in the day, there was even a service station on the atoll that catered to the fishermen. But overfishing in the area took its toll. In 1998, there was also a disastrous mass bleaching event that affected the local coral, and global warming has been taking its toll too. By the early 2000s, it was clear that the area's ecosystems were under pressure. Around that time, a group of ecologists were gathered in Taipei for a meeting on protected areas in East Asia. These ecologists put forward a petition. They wanted Taiwan to declare the atoll and its surrounding waters a marine protected area. After some research, the government set up the area as Taiwan's first marine national park in 2007. Today, much of what's on the island is geared towards researchers conducting surveys and studying the local environment. This research and conservation are the park's top priorities. 
Ms. Huang says that in the more than 10 years since its founding, the park has succeeded in getting its coral and other wildlife started on the path to recovery, working towards annual regrowth targets. The research work has also seen some impressive results. There are regular wildlife censuses, and there's an international cooperation program that's brought in more than 1,100 researchers from 22 countries to do work in the park to date. Together, they've published over 40 articles on the park in well-respected journals and written over 50 papers on its ecology to boot. Will the park always be off-limits to the public? Ms. Huang says opening up the park to guided eco-tours is another one of the park's ultimate goals, though not a goal likely to be met in the near future. The wildlife there must be recovered enough before any changes are made. And even when the government feels the park is ready for visitors, it will still need to do evaluations and build the kinds of facilities needed to handle visitors. There is, in other words, still a lot more work to be done. And as curious as I may be about this park that no one can visit, I can't help thinking that maybe it's okay to hold off on tourism for a while longer. Without humans to disturb the atoll and its waters, life is getting back to its seasonal norms. On the shores of the atoll, migratory birds stop in, and sea turtles come to lay their eggs. Meanwhile, down in the ocean, late each spring, the coral is spawning in large numbers once again. New things are happening all the time in the park, too. Early last year, for example, researchers were excited to find green humphead parrotfish, a kind of fish that looks exactly like it sounds, in the park's waters once again. These fish had also appeared off the atoll in previous years, but they move fast and are difficult to track. In a dispatch from the park early last year, one happy researcher who'd spotted the fish was quoted as saying that even overseas, it's rare to catch sight of 20 or so humphead parrotfish just swimming past like this. Said the researcher, quote, This is what a good coral reef ecosystem should look like. In a world so full of so much bad ecological news, the slow recovery of the Dongsha Atoll National Park should make us happy and excited too. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. From a fruit market in Tel Aviv to a fish seller in Taipei, the people of our world are working hard to make a living. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. This week, we are going to conclude our mini-series on Taiwanese gangster films. We've looked at Dust of Angels, a crude, raw, and explosive urban tale of youth rebellion which started the genre in Taiwan. We also looked at manga, 
another landmark film in the genre that offers more depth in its story and a rich historical background. Those two films were released respectively in 1992 and in 2010. A few copycats later, fast forward to 2018, a new film burst onto the scene and took the box office by storm. The title is Gatao II: Rise of the New King. In a public bathhouse, a group of men with full-body tattoos stared intensely through the steam at a vague figure across the room. They suddenly begin to move towards him. One grabs the man, and another stabs him repeatedly in the abdomen. The man struggles; blood spurts and spreads across the bathtub. After the brawl is settled, the assassins are nowhere to be found, and the man is left dead in the water. This is the opening of the film. It is beautifully shot and choreographed. Carefully placed lighting accentuates the intensity of every deadly motion. This is honestly one of the most good-looking films that I've seen coming out of Taiwan. And you might be wondering, well, why don't I sound more excited? Well, because production quality might be the only thing that the movie has going for it. As for the rest of the film, I'll just flat out and say it. Overall, the film is a disappointment. The film's trailer really piqued my curiosity when I first saw it. It was filled with violent clashes and spectacular scenes like the one at the film's opening. And clearly, compared to the two other films in the genres that we've looked at, this one looks more mature, at least on surface. Instead of teenage mischief and street brawls, this time we are looking at full-blown gang violence. In one scene of the movie, two rival gangs, numbered in the hundreds, armed with metal bars and baseball bats, literally clash in the middle of the street. The gang members just bash away at one another like there's no tomorrow. In another scene, gang members are seen slashing and shooting up people in the most gruesome manner. People are hurt, some are even maimed, and the body count quickly adds up. I'm not gonna even get into scenes with tortures and sexual content. This is clearly a movie made for adults and not for the squeamish ones. But when we look past in the eye candies, we can quickly find out that there isn't much of a story or character building in the movie at all. The main plot can be summed up in really just one sentence: one gang is looking to expand its territory into that of a different gang, in order to profit more from drug trades. And clash ensues, and people are hurt and killed. An excessive number of long takes, as in shots without the interruption of editing, are used to express the suffering of the gangsters' family members after they are either killed or hurt. But no real changes take place among any character after that. It's a repetition of provocation, violent clash, death, mourning, and over and over. The film ends abruptly after a final climax, where the two gangs exchange bullets, and some gang members get locked up. No answer was given to any of the mysteries, and there is no conclusion to any of the few messy stories in the movie. And no character, the surviving ones at least, has seen any change in terms of their mentality or behavior. We, as the audience, receive an overdose of visual treat, but feels almost no attachment with any of the film's one-dimensional characters. None whatsoever. 
I had really high hopes for the film based on its star-studded cast and high-quality production, but I have to say I left the theater feeling empty. In one of the promotional clips, the film's director, who incidentally acted in *Dust of Angels* in 1992, said that. His goal of making the film is to educate the younger audience the danger of involving themselves in gang violence. I think he clearly doesn't understand the principle of show don't tell, because what he shows on the big screen is a saturated montage of fights and clashes with no real emotional weight or any consequence attached to any of the actions. Starting next week in Lights Camera Asia, we'll begin a whole new mini series. We'll look at the teenage films from Taiwan. As far as box office and pop culture is concerned, teenage movies is by far the single most popular genre in Taiwanese cinema. We'll look at some of the most well-known movies in the genre, and we'll look at them deconstructively and find out what are the elements that make them so well received. Thank you very much for listening to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chan. Talk to you next week. Pull yourself together already! It's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast. I'm Ellen Chu. This is Andrew Ryan, and we have with us a special person. <laughs> well, let's give her title. She's a VPA of our program, and if What does anyone that mean? can guess, VPA, <laughs> you know, it could be like very popular, you know, associate <laughs> or very. I like uh, very popular associate. You I like, like that? that. I like very popular. Also, hi, I'm Kirthi. There may be people who have never heard me on the show before. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> that is a I'm sure you know who follow people who follow us. You know, remembers her and yes. have been waiting for the moment of your return. Yes, <laughs> of the Jedi, my inevitable return. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is Kirthi Sudaran. She's our volunteer production assistant. Very She's nice. also our our wintern, even though it doesn't feel like winter. It is so hot outside. I know. It's like 80 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, this morning I woke up and I was sweating. I know, me too. Did you just, did you just give us the weather in Fahrenheit? I did. Who are you? I'm That's not just, real. It's okay. 28 You can take the man out of America. Celsius. Right. <laughs> well, I never feel like 28 sounds hot. Like... No, it really doesn't. 80 sounds hot. Yeah. But 20, 28 is hot. You know, comparing like, you know, it was low. Yes. Know, before, right. maybe like f- 15, 12 degrees. 13, 12. It's, it right. is really weird because it, we've had a like a couple gloomy weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now things are finally looking, looking up. up mm. But the world is dying. Climate change. Is this a political show now? I don't. It's very <laughs> freaky what I see there. Super freaky. Right. So today in our program, we are going to be, this is a hard shift, okay. hard pivot. Uh-huh. We're going to be talking about circles and round things mm-hmm. and coming full circle hmm. how many and because this is a food show how many <laughs> round foods can you guys think of a lot 
meatball, you know, fishball. Meatball was donut. the first thing I thought of. Yeah, takoyaki. Right, right. donuts. Mm. Donut holes. Right, donut <laughs> holes. There's so many, you know, pizza. There's Right. There's so yeah, many there's stuff. a difference. There, yeah, because there is a difference between a round food and a spherical food. Oh. Right. right? So you have like the 2D, like a cookie versus like a cake pop. Right. 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 And in, I guess in, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but in Chinese culture and in Taiwan, if it is round as in spherical or if it's like round, 2D, flat shape, 2D. flat shape, it mm-hmm. is, it all has a symbolic meaning. Right. Right. It is positive. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be talking about some of those meanings. It's a completeness. A completeness. Right. <laughs> Fully mm-hmm. complete circles right so we're gonna yes. check our complete menu <laughs> our circular menu we yes. should have printed up on like a little circular piece of paper mm-hmm. oh that would have been so nice have you ever seen a circular menu i've seen one you have that yeah. so avant-garde that sounds like something jamie oliver would do it'd be fun if they printed it on a ball and just rolled it across the table <laughs> you know i think you know a lot you need of people to start a restaurant <laughs> falling off the tables and glass breaking you know people tossing like a beach ball sounds like my kind of language yeah <laughs> All right, in our first course, we'll tell you about the significance of circles in Chinese culture. That's right. In our second course, we're going to be sampling some circular treats right here in the studio. Ooh, and in our third and final course, what does it mean to come full circle? We'll discuss our own journey. That's ah. right. But first, we have a song, and actually, Kirthi is closely connected to this song, so she's going to introduce it. Yeah, um, so my uh, my brother and I are both musicians. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's it's a very it's a term that means two very different things for us because it's mostly what I do in my downtime and what he does uh, for a living. <laughs> but we've been making music together for um, pretty much as long as I can remember. So this is one of the first songs um, that we did together, and uh, it's called "Like Circles Do." And how long ago was this? This was, I want to say, 2013, 2014. So you know, it's a it's a song that. Um, has survived a, a long time. So if you can hear, you know, strains of like prepubescent angst or like acne <laughs> in the music, that's part of the mix. It's part mm-hmm. of why it's there. That's by design. Yeah. And what was the, the concept behind the song? Um, well, it was kind of like this notion that, you know, like what goes around comes back around um, and that might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. And it was a very like it was a very nihilistic song for a 12 year old to like be <laughs> featured on. But, you know, my my brother is, is just the mastermind. And it's <laughs> and how old was your brother when he when he made this? the song? Uh, he's like six years older than me. So he would have been like 18. OK, yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that, you know, he would understand what goes. Right. So it's prepubescent right. angst and teenage angst. Like it's, right. it's both like. <laughs> right. And your brother goes by the name Abby the Nomad. Yes. Yeah. He uh, actually just finished up his um, American tour this past mm. uh, winter. So. He was at South by Southwest, too, right? He was. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah. Incredible. So that's that's really exciting. No pressure on me to succeed whatsoever. <laughs> naturally. And your stage name is Copper King. It is Copper King. Yeah. Okay, wow. so people can find you on Spotify and other places like that. Yes. Uh, check out my SoundCloud. Awesome. <laughs> Sound ironically. Cloud, I like that. But first, we have Like Circles Do by okay. Abby the Nomad and Copper King. Let's do it. Don't put it back where you found it. Unless it's just. Life will buy back Bye. 
Chinese and Taiwanese culture, okay? So, well, you know, we love things that's round. Well, not with people that's too round. Okay? <laughs> Wait, a Wait a minute. minute. <laughs> that's not nice. Well, you know, people are always on diet, right? So yeah. I guess, you know, roundness in the body, I guess not. Or face. People have this thing about round faces, which mm. I, I love round faces. I love it. It's cute. Right. They're so squishy. Squishy. <laughs> oh, yeah, squishy, squishy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Tuanyuan mm-hmm. means reunion, and it sounds like Tangyuan. Right? right, little glutinous rice balls that people like to have in it's sweet like soup. Like binding mm-hmm. everything together, tuan tuan yuan yuan, get together, okay, mm-hmm. and yuan man, which is like complete as a whole. You know, when you said tuan tuan yuan yuan, I was thinking of panda bears. Right, yes. I love those pandas because uh, the the mom and dad panda at the Taipei Zoo are called. Tuan Tuan and Yuan Yuan. And their daughter is Yuan Zai. Yeah, which means glutinous rice ball, which is a round thing. And which is like Taiwanese local. Yeah. Like like the baby is made here, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, because the parents were made in China, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Flowers are nice. The moon is round. Well, it's a very poetic way to say things, you know. So, yeah, people, that's something we would say, like, if you're hosting a wedding. Would you say that at a wedding? Yuan, yes. Or, like, uh, like some kind of celebration? Like it's uh, like the atmosphere is really nice. You're just saying that. It's really round. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just 100% there. 100% there. It's got a nice, round, spherical vibe, you know? Right. I like that. Yeah. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, Waiyuan Neifang. So the outside is round, the inside is square, and this is used to refer to people, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the basically you're easygoing on the outside, but inside you still have strong principles and dignity. Is that talking about me? Oh, of course, oh, Alex. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. my name, you know, written all over it. Actually, yes. you know, like fun, fun fact about um, Chinese heritage: literally every ancient proverb was written about Ellen Chu. And yeah, that's I know. That's like very little known fact, but How did it, they it's know this? true. It's See, true. this is from our VPA. Yes, our VPA knows what she's talking yeah. about. Our very footnote. popular associate just right. knows everything. The so. footnote: It all says Ellen things. Chu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Zi Yuan Qi Shuo. So basically, 
it's like you're trying to get away with something and you're just, <laughs> you know, making up stories. Wait, that one's about you too, Ellen Chu? No, not really. <laughs> I did say all problems. It's about my kids. Oh. Ellen Chu's kids. Yeah. So you would say in English, you'd say you'd try to smooth it over. Mm, but like right. in Chinese, you'd, you'd try to round it over. That's really nice. Like mm. it makes me think of like a, a corner as opposed to like a rounded edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you try and sand it down and make it less harsh than it actually is. Right. So round things you can see in Taiwan Chinese culture. We're going to be letting you know a little bit like the yin yang symbol is round complete. Yes. <laughs> and it also stands for like, you know, opposing male and female energies. Okay. So even though you have those opposing energies in one symbol, you can see it has the kind of like a circular motion, the yang, right? The white mm-hmm. and the black, right. Everything is even and complete. Balanced. So it's like, I mean, it's like saying everything has to have both energies in order to be whole. Right. Okay. Right? And the interesting thing is the ancient coin, which is like round outside, but it's square inside. Yes. Oh, just like that little phrase right. we talked about. Okay. So apparently the round part uh, was... Uh, had something to do with the shape of heaven. Mm-hmm. And then the square part was the shape of earth. Oh. So you need heaven and earth unified, I guess, to make money. Okay. <laughs> the Taipei 101 sign logo has three Chinese coins. Mm, mm. With the circular coins in the square interiors. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see those Chinese coins on the outside of the so building. So it's symbolizing ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> right? Okay. So one other thing that's interesting is RTI, we're located in a place called Yuanshan, which means round mountain. I guess oh. that's just round shaped. I don't know if it's a very, I think it's also very, it has great feng shui too. I'm trying to visualize a spherical mountain and it's blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> little ball. It's just like earth on top of a little earth. Like. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's, it's like half spherical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So you only see, yeah. Like, a, like a dome. Like a, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So some round foods we already mentioned, Tang Yuan, the mm-hmm. glutinous rice dumplings, which we eat um, during the Lantern Festival and are a symbol of unity or reunion. Mm-hmm. But also mooncakes are a huge uh, festive treat during the the lunar, well, no, the moon festival. Mm-hmm. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> during uh, during what festival yes. are mooncakes popular? <laughs> right. So. I was just thinking there's another thing that we often see is like a lot of tables in houses here are round. Right. So yeah. you want to sit around a round table. And people don't like corners. No. Why no. is that? It's too sharp. It's dangerous. Do you know when I first moved to Taiwan, my very first apartment had a triangular shaped room. Mm. And nobody, we couldn't find anybody to sublet that room. Yeah. Because everybody would walk in and they would go. Dosha. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you know, it's it like a like knife. Yeah. Kill somebody with a knife, right? Right. Oh. So I don't know whoever invented that. So you should like put up like a round curve and cover it up. Yeah. Hang curtains across one side of it. Right. Put like a little electric waterfall. Yeah. Like those plug in (laughs) like like water features. Right. That's for money. (laughs) Oh. Rolling in money. That's good to know. Oh, Mm. they have those like little rolling balls, right? Right. Right. Water. Oh, round. Moving the water. Is like moving money in. Mm. Or something, right. Right, right? You have to put it in the right place. 
If you put it in the wrong place, then the money rolls right on out. Right. <laughs> or if you plug it in wrong or the exactly. current's wrong. And it's like That's I love how this, this segment has just turned into Marie Kondo. Mm. Like, <laughs> oh, we don't need her. We can do it ourselves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to go into another song. What do we have next? It's called Tuan Tuan Yuan Yuan by Huang Xiaoming. So that is, I guess that's not an ode to the two pandas. It's more like reunion. Right. <laughs> All like right. Chinese New Year. We're going to be back with some circular sweets in our second course when the feast continues. Listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. Okay, so it's time to chow. Chow, our favorite part of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what we have here in the studio is we have some circular foods, and mm-hmm. we managed to get circular foods that are different from any of the ones we mentioned at the top of the show. Really? I've yes. never seen something like this. Well, the one you're holding there, this little disc which mm-hmm. has, uh, looks like peanut and sesame mm. on the top of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I actually bought this when I was in uh, Vietnam. And oh. it has, it looks like maltose, which maltose is holding everything together. And oh, wow. also in the bottom, it's like waffle cookie. Yeah, it looks mm. like ricey. Mm-hmm. Like papery. Mm-hmm. What's this? Ooh, that's really good. Oh, that's amazing. What's this? Better than I thought. So you're holding there something a little bit gooey. Oh, mm-hmm. be careful. That one might have the plastic on oh, it. Oh, this, this <laughs> does have the plastic. Cut that out. <laughs> okay. Kirti warned us during that last song. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I didn't see which one she was pointing. Oh, uh, no. Mm. It's okay. It's all good. Just don't eat it. <laughs> so this one is a um, nian gao. Oh. So what we call year cake mm-hmm. in Chinese. And this mm-hmm. is something that you eat uh, at the Chinese New Year time. Mm-hmm. But basically at home... We kind of like put it on a flat pan mm. and kind of like it, right? fry it. She's telling me you can um, uh, do a little, a little, a quick batter of um, egg, egg, and then you dip it in the egg, and then you dip it mm-hmm. in the flour. And you can pan fry it, right. or you can deep fry it, right? Mm. Which would be amazing. But you can also eat it just like this. Mm-hmm. So it's um, just glutinous rice, water, mm-hmm. and brown sugar. Mm-hmm. The cookie is yummy. Yeah, the cookie is so light. Mm-hmm. But it still carries a lot of flavor. I noticed they put salted peanuts in there, so you get right. the mixture of the salt right. and the sweet together as mm-hmm. well. When I bought the glutinous rice thing, I bought it at Nanmen Market, which is one of the main markets in Taipei. Mm-hmm. And I asked the woman why it was round. Mm-hmm. And she said that this kind that's round, because they also serve it in bricks, or they mm. sell it in bricks. Uh-huh. She said the round one is the kind that they put on altar tables at home during the Chinese New Year time for offerings. It's like sticking everyone together. Tuan Tuan Yuan Yuan. You have the round things and, you know, people will come. 
Mm. They'll arrive at the same place. Wow. Come together as a family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Just not the wrong people coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say anywhere how, like, how you can like ensure that like mm-hmm. you'll have the right people in your house. Okay. <laughs> Just like a circle with a little chunk cut out of it. Right. <laughs> it's like... Except him. <laughs> right, right. Certain uncle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Once removed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hopefully often removed. <laughs> so... Yeah. You know, as long as we're talking about circular things, I was just, this is a random thought, but like pans and woks and just like cooking utensils mm-hmm. are always so round. Plates too. Mm-hmm. Wait, why is that? It's just the roundness, completeness. People like it. <laughs> yeah. Why is your headset round? <laughs> why is, I thought you were going to say, why is your head round? <laughs> <laughs> why is your headset round? I think it's a pleasing thing. Right. It's pleasing it for people. It is pleasing to the eye. Like if everything was triangled, I think that we'd all be very angry people. Right. They should mm. make it just heart shape. <laughs> people will be happy. Yeah, you've got a point. You've got a little curved part. Lovable. Time would, time would go by in a different kind of right. speed at certain If points. Ellen Ju designed the world, right. it would just be pink sparkly hearts everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody will be so happy. So happy. <laughs> See, I converted him wearing like a... Neon pink, you know, helmet. helmet. Yeah, that's right. I right? have a pink helmet. That is Ellen Chu's doing. Exactly. We're gonna go into another song. This is called Yuan Chuan Circle. All right. It's by Joker Yuetuan Joker Band. Okay. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about our own circular journey. Wow. <laughs> about some circular journeys to mm-hmm. share some stories that's right because our our shape of the day i feel like mm. this is sesame street our, our shape, shape of, of the day peace meets west today is brought to you by the circle mm. <laughs> round or circle yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so i mean when we talk about uh circles or round things in english we often say like to come full circle mm-hmm. or what goes around comes around those are the right. two we've mentioned so mm-hmm. far today mm-hmm. Now, we kind of want to start off with Kirthi because she has a circular journey which has brought her from a year ago mm-hmm. sitting in this chair to mm-hmm. today Back sitting in the here, same chair. In chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what has happened? Tell us about your circular journey. Oof. Um, well, it's been it's been a year. It, it has been a capital capital Y year. Um, I've uh, I ended up uh, well, I, I switched schools, which I think I've, mm-hmm. I've talked about. Yes. In the show. Yeah. Um, I, I'm studying in Europe now in the Netherlands, um, so that's been really exciting, um, mind-bogglingly terrifying, but exciting nonetheless. <laughs> uh-huh. um, there's two main ways that it feels like I've come full circle, in that you know I'm sitting, like you said, I'm sitting in this chair again after after a year, 
Um, and I'm, I get to, I don't know, be back here and be back like working with people that I'm familiar with and recognize and who all remember me, which was a delight. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but, but I've, I feel like I've matured as, um, as a writer, you know, like as a wintern, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and as, uh, in, in the ways that I can contribute, um, to RTI and to Feast Meets West and to, you know, any project that I am lucky enough to be part of. Mm. Um, but the second way that I feel like I've come full circle is just in the um, in the decision that I took to transfer and the decision that I took to to be like, well, I'm going to drop everything and um, go to this new place. And I mean, I've talked a lot about my upbringing here on the show and mm-hmm. like how we moved around a lot. And it almost um, making the, de- the decision to transfer almost felt like I was following in my dad's footsteps mm. um, of the kind of like okay, well, this could end horribly, you know, like this could, (laughs) I could end up regretting everything. And so I, you know, I left myself a couple back doors. I didn't burn any bridges. Um, But I'm going to start over and I'm going to have faith that I'll be able to create a home, um, even if I'm not, you know, around the people that have been with me my whole life, right? Mm. And so, um, so that, that felt really symbolic to me. And it, feel symbolic that I managed to get through it because <laughs> mm. I mean it was it was a great semester in some ways and a horrible one in others just because mm. I mean college <laughs> college <laughs> you know yeah. it does that mm. um I made some friends I lost some friends and but ultimately like being able to kind of mirror that experience to like my dad's first or second posting mm-hmm. um and have that in the back of my mind and be like well he did that and he was married and had kids and like right. for, for the record your father has moved to many different countries yes. with his work yes with which, his work yeah which country was his first move uh it was china actually china yeah wow. so he, he moved to beijing that was where i was born mm-hmm. um yeah so I, I didn't exist um on his first posting um and so um my brother was raised in chennai where we're from in southern mm-hmm. india um, until he was about five, and mm-hmm. then they were just like, "All right, cool, moving to Beijing." And so, so coming to Taiwan for them was also coming full circle. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The move here was was wonderful um, because I mean, my dad got to finally acknowledge the fact that his Mandarin was horrible um, <laughs> after so many years of disuse. Um, but yeah, there there've been there's been a lot of uh, full circle things in in my life, and this this most recent one was was very comforting to be able to have that. Well, mm-hmm. good for you. Like, yeah. I like to think of it maybe not so much as a circle as a spiral. So you're kind of mm-hmm. like moving upwards. <laughs> Hopefully right. not a downward spiral. Right? <laughs> I think so too. I think it's a spiral. How about you? So for me, I think like the biggest, most noticeable full circles have all been with interviewing people or being interviewed. So mm-hmm. I remember the first time I met you, Ellen Chu, right? you interviewed me exactly. for a show on foreigners mm-hmm. in Taiwan, right? right? It was like La Wai Kan Taiwan. And at that time, you weren't in radio yet, right? No, not right. at all. That and was like I had 20 years ago. Oof. Yeah. Right. And then like when you came and worked, we started working together as co-hosts. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was kind of coming full circle. But then when I started hosting a TV show about mm-hmm. foreigners in which I was hosting it, <laughs> then I was like, oh, that's full circle too. Right. And right. actually with that TV show, I was an interviewee for that show. And then five years later... I was hosting the show, interviewing mm. other people. Mm. How about you, Ellen Chu? For me, it was like, you know, uh, last year, I came into uh, finding my childhood tutor that tutored me Chinese in what? Taiwan. Wow. And Amazing. it's not running into her. It's running into her son. 
<laughs> and he was actually working for a cosmetic company, oh. and uh, I was invited to to do some work with the you know products. Uh-huh. So I was on a show talking about their products, and at the end, you know, this this young man walked up to me, and he's like, "Hi," I'm like, "Yeah," and then he's like, "You know, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, my mom, my mom knows you." I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> and then he's like. I'm like, who is your mom? And then he's like, oh, my mom was your tutor, your first tutor when you were, you know, moved back to Taiwan from the states. How old were you? I was ten. Wow! That's and amazing. the amazing thing is, we actually set up like a meeting, uh, a reunion, and it was fun with and his mom, with with the mom. Oh, that's so sweet! Right. It's so lovely! It's so wholesome! I so know, full wholesome. circle, wholesome. <laughs> wholesome. So that's like thirty years. Oh, the that's circle incredible. ran thirty years. It's incredible, 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 right? The circles get bigger, Kirthi. They do, but they don't feel necessarily bigger because I think, in terms of your life, that's a huge circle that you've talked right. about. Right, and I feel like I I like what you just said about like spirals, hopefully mm. upward ones. But I feel like the way that I think of it is more concentric circles. Mm. You know, you have like this this small interaction, and that fuels a larger interaction, that fuels a lifelong relationship, that feels like a chance encounter. And so you have all these things, and it's almost like, it's like a ripple, you know, like a drop mm. of water in a lake, and you, you can see all of these, I guess repercussions is the wrong word for it, but you can, <laughs> can see all the things that can result from that one interaction, which is lovely. I love it. I love oh, it. You're so poetic. <laughs> now, you are very poetic. It's the college student. I think so. <laughs> and the musician. Right. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us for today's Feast Meets West. We want to leave you with our addresses. Yes. Our address is P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Email us at androo at rti.org.twn next Saturday on a feast. Good things come to those who wait. And as you can guess, we'll feature a food that we hope is worth waiting for. Mm, but mm. we have one final song, and this is by Yao Su Rong Wow. <laughs> it's an oldie. That's a big circle. <laughs> it's a bit of a retro song. Right. It is called Mingyue Wei Sei Yuan. So yes. who is the clear moon round for? Okay. So everybody Ooh. has, you know, a person in mind, right? Is that what that means? Yeah. Oh. Mm. So I think that the clear moon is shining for that amazing person that I'm that like in person? love with. Ooh. Is that what that means? Yes. Ooh, I'm going to have to find a person. <laughs> no offense to anybody who's listening who thought they might be the um, That's gonna be oh. my Tinder bio. object of it. Wow. <laughs> my Tinder bio. Hey, does the clear moon, is the clear moon like round bouncing for you? around, okay? okay? Well, thank you so much to Kirthi for joining us for thank today's show. Thank you for having show. me. Okay, thanks. For Feast Me Sess, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is Ellen Chu. I'm we'll Kirthi Shitharan. We'll yep. see you next time. See ya.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.